Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Saving Lives Podcast. I'm Eddie Joe. Today is the 15th of December of 2023. And we're going to be discussing an article titled Direct Assessment of Microcirculation in Shock, a Randomized Controlled Multicentered Study. This trial was published in Intensive Care Medicine. It's down in the show notes for you to download a copy for yourself. As always, this is not medical advice on how to treat critically ill patients. Read these data for yourself. Hat tip to the authors. Also, a quick thank you to everybody who has picked up a copy of the vasopressor and inotrope handbook. I greatly appreciate your support. Let's start off with an introduction to the topic. Shock, as you all know, is a life-threatening condition defined by a mismatch between oxygen supply and demand at the tissue level. There's a lot more to it than that, but let's just try to keep it simple. In clinical settings, especially in ICUs, understanding and managing shock is what we do every day. Now, something that has really gathered or gained, for lack of a better term, my attention recently is this whole concept of microcirculation, the flow of blood through the smallest blood vessels, and how it plays a crucial role in resuscitating patients and patients' prognoses. The study we're discussing today focuses on assessing the impact of real-time knowledge of sublingual, again, under the tongue, microcirculation in patients with different types of shock. The study that we're going to be breaking down today is known as the DAMIS trial, D-A-M-I-S, and it was conducted across multiple hospitals in Germany involving adult patients in the ICU with circulatory shock. These patients required vasopressors despite adequate fluid resuscitation, and they also happened to have elevated lactate levels. It was pretty cool how they did this study. Patients were divided into two groups. One received standard care while the other group had their therapy plans adjusted based on sublingual microcirculatory perfusion variables. The sublingual microcirculation was assessed using SDF, Advanced Sidestream Darkfield Video Microscopy. This method was chosen for its non-invasive nature, again, we don't want to hurt our patients through this, and its potential to provide real-time insights into the patient's microcirculatory status. The study included 141 patients, primarily suffering from cardiogenic and septic shock. The intervention group, where therapy was adjusted based on microcirculatory assessments, saw more frequent adjustments in fluids and vasoactive drugs. However, despite these adjustments, the study found no significant differences in 30-day mortality or microcirculatory values between the two groups. This was an unexpected finding that has implications for how microcirculatory assessments are used in critical care. Despite the advanced technology used in the real-time adjustments in patient care, the anticipated improvement in patient outcomes was not observed. This raises critical questions about our current understanding and management of shock in ICU settings. It also suggests that while microcirculatory assessments can inform clinical decisions, 
they may not really matter. Again, that's that's kind of frustrating, but it's true. It doesn't translate to improved survival rates. Now, there are limitations to the study because at the end of the day, no study is without limitations. One of the major, major limitations was the lack of reevaluation of the impact of interventions after 24 hours. This could imply that some treatments might have been ineffective or only partially effective. The study's design also meant that interventions were not binding, which could have influenced the decision-making process. So I, I, I don't know what to quite make of this. I want to be enthusiastic about all this microcirculation stuff, but if the, if the data does not show that we're going to have fantastic outcomes or at least some benefit from it, then is it really worth the, really worth the headache of sorts of buying the technology and implementing this? It, it does just highlight the complexities and challenges of what we do every day that even looking at things under microscopes doesn't really change. It's kind of, I don't want to be nihilistic, but that's just how I feel right now. Um, I guess future research should focus on looking at other assessment methods, perhaps, and integrating them. But I don't know. Um, trying these new shorter five-minute, six-minute podcast episodes because, you know, getting into the weeds of too many studies might not be the best thing. I'm still trying to figure this out. Let me know what you think about this shorter format. Again, thanks for checking out this episode of the Saving Lives podcast. And if you haven't checked out my book, feel free to do so. Have a great day, guys. Bye.